My name is Robert Smith. I'm the editor of Planet Money. Hi, I'm Jess Jang. I'm a producer at Planet Money. And we're going to be doing this edit all together on, we're doing it over the phone, which is not how we normally do it. How do you guys normally do your edits? We normally crowd into a very small, hot, uncomfortable room. Uh, Sometimes there's eight or nine of us all sitting on floors or sitting on the windowsill. And the reporter of a Planet Money episode uh, sits sort of weirdly with their back to the room and reads reads their script and plays the tape. So we all sort of pretend as if we are listeners listening to it on the on the podcast. And we all have scripts in front of us, but hopefully we're not reading them. And uh, we're also f- um, furiously writing notes of things we like or don't like. Yeah, if you start to read the script along with the person, you'll find that that I, I find anyway that I just start to read ahead and I start to think about other things. It's like I'm reading somebody's novel instead of actually listening to what they're saying. Right. Um, but if you're closing your eyes, how can you write notes? Ah, good point. My notes are terribly, terribly messy. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I do. I leave my eyes open. But some people some people sort of zone out and kind of... I close my eyes. I definitely close my eyes. I open them to, like, write a note down, and then I can never read it the mm. next time. So I only look at, like, the smiley faces or the check plus marks and stuff like that. My theory is that uh, the editor you... should be in the exact same place as the listener would. So I suppose in theory, like, it'd be nice to have a fake car or something where you're driving in the car and you're listening to an edit or in the shower. That's where I listen to a lot of my radio in the shower. But that doesn't work out that way. Um, you guys should get one of those, like, um, those little cars that they put outside of grocery stores for kids. Yeah. To ride uh, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could just listen in there. And put that right in the office. Do you still do the edits in the same room where when I visited you were you were working? Is it the really, really tiny room where there's only three chairs so people are sitting on like the hot heaters? Yes. Yes. And there's lots of windows. I drew it in the book. I drew it in out on the wire. We called the sweat lodge. a lot. Like I know that room really well. I actually made a three D model of that. (laughs) That is pretty funny. Okay, so we um, are asking you to do this in a slightly different way because we wanted to not um, take up too much of your time during workday. So we sent you our complete, like a complete draft of the of episode seven of Out on the Wire, Dark Forest, and you guys have listened to it ahead. And um, and Robert, I know you made notes, right? Yeah. What what I did is is something that we we learned from This American Life and brought over here by Alex Bloomberg now of Gimlet. Which, which they call hand logging. And it's, it's basically writing down words as you hear them. It's not a complete log of what you hear, but it just sort of reminds you of, of what's in the story. Now, everyone does this slightly differently. I do it so that I, um, I indent when I hear someone's tape. And then I put all sorts of little marks that I have in here, which is I have a big circle for when I'm bored. I have a question mark for when I'm confused. I have arrows that tell me oh, this should be at the top or this should move faster. And uh, I can only read sort of half of my notes, but it gives me sort of a visual look at the whole story. So at, right now, over these two and a half uh, large pages, I can see your entire episode sort of visually. If I squint my eyes and look back, I can see the pacing of it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so um, given all that... and. Uh, I had some other question. I forget what it was. I'm, I'm sure it'll come back to me. 
And what I'm thinking right now is we should have actually done this with you like on episode one so we would know how to do our own edits because this is not how we do it at all. How do you do it? <laughs> well, we've just been, um, you know, basically Ben goes through and does a draft somewhat like what you heard. We, we do a bunch of edits before we track, you know, so the kind of thing that you're doing in your office, we'll do that. Like I'll do a read through with tape. Um pretty rough cuts of tape and pretty rough script and then I'll rewrite and then we track and then then we have an edit with um, Ben and also with Matt um, my husband and that we're usually looking at the script and making notes on the script while we're listening to it and some people some people do that um, one of the things I I like about sort of hand logging the way that the way that we do it is you sort of want to keep part of yourself occupied, if that makes sense. Uh, you can almost focus too much on uh, on a work when you're when you're the editor. If you're just forcing yourself to just absolutely focus, then you're not really like the listeners who are doing other things. They're walking, jogging, exercising, doing their dishes, something like that. And so almost the process of writing kind of keeps part of my brain occupied while I listen with the other part. And uh, Ben Calhoun, who's at WBZ in Chicago, he said the nice thing he finds about hand logging, writing out uh, notes like this, is that he'll find that he hasn't written a note in the last 30 seconds. And he'll realize that that's because he's zoned out. And that's sort of like a warning mark to him that, wait, wait, something happened. My, I was totally distracted. I was thinking of something else. And then he flags that part of the script. There's something wrong with the script at that point. If 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 he's sort of moved to stop writing or think about dinner or think about his laundry or something like that. And and Jessica, I should say I can see Robert's notes right now, and it's these notes are just one word lines. So they're just like he says music or he says yeah. So so the notes are like like the way this show starts is I says music. And then I hear make stuff, get lost. That's a, a sound clip you have at the beginning of this piece. And then I say Jessica Abel, out on a wire, step by step, tell stories, narrator behind the story, stories, new stories, uh, wire, last time, draft, writing, this time, feeling, dark place, interview. That's the just words from that I heard that I wrote down from your script, which tells me sort of the, the flow of the top of the show. Which is great. I read that and I say, oh, he actually heard pretty much what I was saying. That's awesome. Because yep. th- that's pretty much what I said. I mean, you didn't miss any parts. Yeah. And, and yeah. and I'd have to go back. And yeah. Back. And so but but what I'm doing there is I'm just that just reminds me in my in my head like, oh, OK. So she was doing a lot about explaining what this show is and the story. And um, there's not a lot of tape in it I can see from this. She introduces the dark place a couple times. And then what you can see behind, beside this whole section is two big arrows, which tells me that while I was listening to this, I wanted it to move faster. I wanted it that I was uh, bored or anxious during the top. Yeah, let's jump into that because I had the mm-hmm. same feeling. It, I think I even checked the the timing of it and it was like a minute and 45 seconds. Yeah, I did the same thing. Before we got into to the actual show part. Um, and I was just waiting. I was just like, like I get the idea. Now what is the feeling I had? You know, it's it's funny. Um, we talk a lot here about the reporting process and about the writing process and the structuring process. But editing is super hard to talk about because you're essentially talking about your internal feelings. Like, 
you know, it's it's I don't know how Jess feels. I only know how I feel. And I have to pay attention to the moments where I'm confused and the moments where I'm bored. And so weirdly, editing becomes this almost like biofeedback kind of thing where you're where you're literally trying to say to yourself, how do I feel listening to this? I'm listening to it, but how do I feel? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel impatient? Yeah, it took me years to figure this out because for the longest time I would have a feeling but not quite know how to articulate it and not and not be able to find the source of it. And so I feel like now I finally got into the place where I'm like, oh, I'm bored. Like, that's why I'm not liking this part. Or like, oh, like, I am so wrapped up in this that, like, this is joy. Like, this is the feeling of feeling delighted by this. Yeah, and I, I think... That's sorry. it. Interesting. I think um, I talked to, when I talked to Jad and um, and Soren uh, Wheeler at Radiolab, they really were super focused on this idea of feeling feeling it in your body and trying to pay attention to when you know your physical feeling changes in response to what you're listening to. Yeah, I, I think that I think that makes sense. And and the the key for me was to link that to the script because I used to edit a long time ago, you know, 15 years ago. And when I would get bored or start to think about other things, I would blame myself. I'm just like, oh, I'm a bad listener. I'm a bad editor. Stop thinking about dinner. Uh, Stop thinking about all the other things in your life. Focus, 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 focus on the story. And it was it was it wasn't until much later when I realized, no, that's not my job. Like It's the job of the host. It's the job of the reporter to keep me interested. So if my mind's drifting, that's not a failing on my part as a listener. That's a failing on your part as a storyteller. And that's something that needs to be fixed in the edit. Right. OK, so should we go through your notes and go through your your uh, through the story? Yeah, Um so normally we would all listen, and then uh, the the person would read the story, and then there would be the world's longest, most awkward pause. You know, the person <laughs> just finishes the story, and there's just silence. And we we try and jump right in the silence. I'll do it right now. Excellent, great job. No, no, this was really good. This was We're really... not going to kill it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we can totally I think we can totally work with this. So that's the kind of semi-fake things that we say right afterwards just to diffuse the the tension. You know, the reporter's like, oh my God, I've completely failed um, in front of everybody. <laughs> it's mostly not fake. It's mostly not fake. Um, but there's, every single time, there's that weird moment. So, and then, you know, I would probably try and say something, um, by the way, I wouldn't normally uh, narrate this way. I would just say something nice. I wouldn't say, now I'm going to say something nice. But for the edit, now I would say something nice, which is, like, I really like, for this episode about the dark forest, I like that you're feeling the feelings. You have other people that have emotional tape about this. I like that in the piece there's uh, some actual concrete suggestions for how to get out of it. Um I like that overall there's a feeling of you're heading into the forest, you're in the forest, you're out of the forest. Now, having said that, there's some structural things that could make that better and more clear. But, yeah, I want to jump in and say it it was definitely when you were in the forest and you talked personally about writing the book and being in the forest, that was was super nice because you could actually feel your emotion – in that um and so that's where that's why it landed so well 
Yeah. In in general, um, in general, there's an interesting mismatch uh, in this episode, and I've I've noticed it before in episodes, which is there's parts of it where it's almost as if you're talking to someone who has never heard a single episode before, and you're explaining a lot about what's going on and what you're going to do. And then there's other parts where you you don't quite know what's going on. You're moving too fast. I'm I'm not quite clear. Like, oh, wait a minute. Um, who's this voice? Wait, what was happening? What were you doing in this part of the book? Like, um, you're writing words or you're drawing pictures. There are parts where I felt like I didn't know what was going on, and there are parts where I felt like I knew too much what was going on. Got it. So, for example, the beginning of it, it's too much. I thought, so So my, my first big note was um, you start, you start this essentially four or five times. There are there are four or five moments where you could just say, "Oh, I'm going to start right here. I'm going to start right here." You you do a long explanation of this is what the podcast is, and then you do sort of another explanation of this is what the podcast is, and then you do an explanation of this is what we're going to do, um, and then you do again what the podcast is about, and then you say episode seven, and then you have a great sort of once upon a time. You hear this. Um, uh, what is that? A recording of fairy tale or? It's a yeah. It's like a um, public domain um, stop motion animation. Yes. that I found. So you hear that, which also feels like a beginning, and then you hear uh, where I put three stars and and uh, the word top. You hear some music, and you said, and you say, "There you are, writing a story." And you hear birds or something like that. I can not always read my writing. It's great. You have a map. You know this. Um, you're going deeper, and this is this is the moment where you're pulling in sound effects, and there's birds, and you're getting deeper in the forest and thunder. And so for me, like that was the moment where I felt like, oh, we're moving, like we're on the move, you know. So I would want to hear that much, much closer to the top, if not the very top. Jess, uh, mm-hmm. I remember liking. Um, I really felt like the Jad Abermod tape of. Um, the German forest, the Wagner. That's the part where I was like, oh, I am now, this is something I can hang my hat on. Like, I will remember this moment. And and this is when I felt like the story, the false starts were over. And this was this was going to be the beginning. But you don't hear Wagner until like seven minutes in. Yeah, it was far. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you could move up the Wagner stuff closer to the to the um like there you are you're yes. writing a story. So this is this this is also my major note um which is Wagner needs to move way onto the top if not the very top because one of the great things about this piece is this metaphor of the forest and I know you've you've been living with this for years and years and uh, and and Jad said and you've listened to him a bunch of times but for a lot of people this is a new metaphor you know this is like a really exciting way to feel about this process. And so you you sort of sneak into it. You mention it a couple times, the forest, and then you say, oh, I got it from Jad, and you hear him tell the story. Um, so I would say that, that, you know, maybe the very first thing, well, we could talk about the very first thing you hear, but 
maybe the very first thing you hear is you start talking about this writing process, right? This is essentially about the creative process. So maybe you do the stuff with the music. You make it clear I'm talking about writing. You know when you're writing and you have a map and you start to feel this and you're writing along? You essentially do this. And then you start to think, is this the right way? And you hear the thunder and the montage of doubt and that sort of thing. And then you reveal that you're going into the forest. And then at that point, you say, you make a big deal. You're like, you're like, this is, you know, there is a name for this. You don't just like slide it by. It's like, there is a name for this, a name that I have, the dark forest. You know, you just play that out. Like, this is the dark forest. Um, and then you could decide whether that's when you want to say, you know, I'm just able, this is out on the wire. Um, that sort of like business thing. You don't have to do as much business as you do because it's a podcast. People can look down, see your name, see the title, all that stuff is right. there. Um, episode seven, that's all there. Um, so I would have that part shorter and then almost as quickly as possible because people would be like, well, wait, what is this forest thing exactly? Give me the Jad story of Wagner. And I think, yeah. I think also a big note that I was wondering about was what exactly is the point or the structure of the whole piece? Because I, I got a couple of feelings. I had one idea that it was kind of a survey of all these different shows and, and all of these great producers and reporters and how they deal with the dark forest. Or no, just them talking about the dark forest. Or is it a show that's supposed to tell you how to get out of the dark forest? Because if it's that, then you need the problem and then the like a structure for the solutions, yeah. which I think was, was a little hazy from what I listened to. Jess is uh, – I'm 100% think... with Jess on this. Mm-hmm. I think we'd say that the – the second one about sort of like getting in and then finding your way out. Right. The, you... the structure that I set up for it um, in like as I was writing it was um, what is the you're getting into was it getting into the dark forest then like what does it feel like and then how do you get you know why am I here and then getting out. That's what it was. It was what is it why am I here and getting out of the forest? So I definitely miss the why am I here? And I don't know if that's a question that everyone might have. Like, I don't I can't remember the piece and think, oh, that's that's the tape that made the why am I here important or a thing that I needed to know about. So I feel like you if if it's going to be the problem and the solution structure, maybe the solution needs more beats to it and feel like it's growing or getting to some getting to some big idea or a big thing that makes it feel like the show is driving somewhere. And I have a, I have mm-hmm. a sort of sample um, structure that I wrote um, after I listened, which was, okay, you have this thing we talk about, which is we, we, we are introduced to the forest, we walk in. Then you're telling us the background of the forest. So Jad has a specific example. So we understand that feeling of lost. And then at that point, you come in right after that and say, I felt this myself when doing this book. And so then you you do some of the personal stuff, your self-doubt, what it's like in there. Um, and then to sort of make it bigger, um, to make it bigger, you use the concept of that guy's tweet, which is, it's not just that you're lost. I mean, when Jad talks about it, he basically says, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of lost, right? You say you felt that. 
the thing that happens in that tweet, which is nice, which is it, it elevates it from my work is terrible to I'm terrible, you know? And so that sort of mm-hmm. ramps it up. It's not just being lost. It's not just self-doubt. It's like in a weird way sort of self-hatred. And then mm-hmm. then I think you could do a really strong um, what we call here signposting where you say this is what we're going to do, folks. Um, and you talk about the various ways out because if anyone's listening to this, they probably don't need to they, – they're going to be thrilled by the metaphor, but they know the feeling. Like anyone who does this knows the feeling and they're really thinking like, yeah, 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 how do I get out of this? And I think – like listening to this, you have some really nice points that can be made by specific people. And the, and the only difference from what you're doing is you're going to tell us you're doing it. So you would say mm-hmm. – you would say um, – and this is where you can just keep people along and do it in a casual way where you would say, you know, I've been there. I felt in this book. But luckily I talked to some of the the you know the best, most creative, productive people in the world. They clearly – manage to get through the forest, how do they do it? And then you say, the first thing to remember, you can number it. We always number things. You don't have to. But it's like the first thing you remember is that every, the first thing when you're in the forest to remember is that everyone goes through this. And the Stephanie Fu cut was good. Um, The second section would say, um, the second thing to remember when you're in the forest is you have to focus. You have to pick a direction and focus. Jay Allison does that very nicely for you. Was that the area where he says uh, about dead ends? Is that is that what you're talking about, Robert? He has two cuts. The dead ends one was not as good. Um, it was – where is Jay here? It says you have to get deep into it. You have to stay – to just dive in deeper. Yeah, I was lost in the two Jay cuts because I was like they're saying very different things. Yeah, you have to kind of like pick, pick a way to go. The thing that I liked from him was um, – was when he talked about focus. I just mm-hmm. found that, like, for him, for him, it was about about getting rid of distractions, like like immersing himself in the thing and just focusing. You know, it's a small point, but um, there was also there was someone who made the point of like being okay with blowing up what you have, and I thought that was a nice idea. And I'm forgetting now who I that might have been me. <laughs> that, that that's a wonderful idea. But um, but I think the key here is – the key here overall, so we don't lose focus on this, is problem, solution, and then a sort of resolution thing. And, 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 and you have to sort of figure out where everything is. So we had the problem. The solutions are – you hear Fu talk about everyone goes through this. You hear Jay Allison talk about this focus. And then you hear Ira Glass, who you have to identify even if he is Ira Glass – um, Especially because him. the tape was so weird that it's it like a s- yeah speakerphone or, something. or like Skype or something, and so you you're like, wait, is that Ira Glass or is that Jad? Because he was just on Skype or on a phone. Yeah, in mm-hmm. in general, like with the the dicier the tape, the more you have to be extremely clear. Um, sometimes even to the effect of, you know, you know. I talked to Ira Glass on Skype. If if it really sounds a little bit weird, because you're trying to remove mm-hmm. any question in my head about wait, wait, why does it sound weird? Who is this? That sort of thing, so I can listen to what he actually says. And I think generally, yeah, I guess because we've used tape from this particular interview in almost every episode. <laughs> yeah, but but 
we're sort of like. But if there are two weeks, but we get lazy. But about if it. there are two weeks between episodes, and listeners yeah. are are listening to hours of podcasts in between, don't don't expect people to remember a detail like that. Yeah, and you have to you have to always just the way podcasts are fed. The hope is you're getting new people each time, and they're listening from the top on down. Um, so, so each time, I think you don't have to overburden it, but you just have to make it clear what you're doing and um, and who we're hearing. So, so um, to recap, you have in terms of solutions, you have uh, Stephanie Fu. Everyone goes through this. Jay Allison, like focus, and then Ira's like really the the good meaty part about the soldier crossing the mountains, which is wonderful. Um, the opium and, and sort of, and the nice thing is, is in order to make him sound different than the ones beforehand, you're going to make the point in general that people can hold on to. So you're going to say, you know, for Ira Glass, it was really about, um, for, for Ira Glass, it's really about basically putting one foot in front of the other, you know, for him, it's this sort of almost mechanical thing. So you guide me that like, oh, this is the this is a new a new subject, a new solution, and we're going to hear from Ira, and then I can fully enjoy his stuff going through. And then I like the stuff with the cars episode, which is nice to sort of hear him talk talk lost in that episode. Um, so that's basically your your solutions. You also have a thing at the end about collaboration, which if you wanted. Which you kind of put after the end. Yeah, I, I made a note saying, like, right before that point, I thought the show had already ended. And then you went on to this other thing. And I was like, wait, <laughs> another ending. I know. I wrote the same thing. And here, in fact, I literally, because I listened to it this morning at home, the the real end, the, I mean, so I'm listening at home this morning. And the point came to where I thought it should end. And I just stopped it and went to brush my teeth. And then I came back, and then I, I was like, oh, it's over. And then I came back, and I listened to the rest of it. So but you're like, oh, there's another seven minutes here. There's, there's, there's more stuff happening here. <laughs> um, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. So you have your solutions, right? You know, move collaboration on the inside. Because once Jad starts to talk, Jad has – I mean, obviously, he's giving a speech. He's obviously getting to the end of his speech. But it's also like an emotional reflection moment. He's through the forest. So you can't – once you leave the forest, you can't go back in. From a structure perspective, so pretty pretty right. much the last thing you need to hear. Um, well, there's two. Both of the Jad cuts feel like ends, but maybe you could kind of shove them together. Is you've given me all these tips for getting through the forest, and then you just say, "But the amazing thing is, like, you do get through." All of the people I talked to got through. That's how you know their names. That's how they do their work. And in fact, you know, Jad. Um, Jad describes that feeling of getting through. I heard myself, you know, and I said, oh, I like that guy. I want to go there. And then he does his, um, the terror, you made it out. You see over the treetops. You recognize what it is. It's like all such like lovely, lovely ending stuff that um, pretty much that needs to be the last thing we hear because that's the emotional arc ending at the same time as this section of the podcast. Right? Did you? Did yeah, you, okay. yeah, that's exactly what so, I thought. Yeah. The um, so that that was that was the part that I think I had before solutions or something before because that was the idea of like why are you here before solutions? So basically, it was moving that to the end. No, so why are no. you here? Is because it's a transformative 
thing that you need to go through in order to make better work. Well, is that not? I mean, we're talking about the stuff that um, is yeah. actually at the end. Yeah, we're talking about the stuff where uh, he has two long cuts. One of them is Later I Heard mm-hmm. Myself. And he talks about Later I Heard Myself on the radio. And I'm like, oh, I like where that guy's going and going there. And then um, he has another one about um, when you go into the forest the next time, you can see over the treetops and recognize what it is. And mm-hmm. it becomes a tool. These are both reflecting back on the values of the forest. But save those – I mean, I think you need to save those to the end. The The reason why – the reason why people are listening is they know these people made it through the forest because they're talented people who actually put put out work all the time. Um, so it's not like – it's not like when you hear them, you have a doubt of whether they're going to make it through or not. They're giving you advice while you're in the forest. And then just emotionally, those two need to be among the last things you hear, which is like – both it's valuable it's a tool and it'll get better next time i think and the nice yeah no i i get that but my question is um that that section there which and i see the i I see the reasoning to move that you know to the end and have that be the ending section that section is meant to be the like what is it what is it for like why do we have to go through this why can't we just not go through this yes so that and would I just put all of that like sort of before Jad and then have Jad wrap it up? So Jad's like, I don't end? know if you need or to just... explicitly have what you talk about. This comes that's I don't think you need that idea so explicitly talked about. Like, I don't think you need the whole section about saying like this is you're making better stuff and that's why it's so hard because it it was a little too heavy handed. It was a little too like I don't know, maybe cheerleadery in in a way that that it because sometimes I do feel like if something's hard, it's because I'm looking at it in the wrong way, or the story is hard because it's not a narrative story. So I I don't I don't know. There was feelings. I had, it brought up a lot of questions for me more than like this is driving this the show yeah and i think i i noticed the same thing i have a little upwards arrow which means if you're going to do this it needs to be done before jad um but but basically because you sort of repeat jad's idea but in a little more explicit way like jess was saying i don't think you need to because once you're i mean you will have signposted we're lost in the forest remember ira is is clomping along and that sort of thing and then it's just like you finally make it through, and that's where the lessons lie on the other side. And and he does these nice things. You don't need to like get in the way of, of that. Um, and also, Jad does it in such a lovely way. He gives you both the narrative as well as the emotional parts to it, which is to us like the golden end. Yeah, of course, he's writing his own tape. But but the nice thing is you've is you is there's a a beautiful structure here, which is. You begin this whole thing by going into the forest with Jad in his first time in the forest. And then at the end, you leave with Jad, you know, with these moments of reflection. Um, And then anything else that you feel like is like just, you know, factual or stuff you wanted to get out, you need to put um, you need to put in the middle. Um, 
Right. What do you guys think about the second Stephanie Fu cut where she talks about getting out of the forest over and over again and then you know how to find your way back? Um, let me just see where that is. This is sort of the second half of what she says. It's right before Jad. The problem is if it steps on Jad's tape too much. Like sometimes we we have two pieces of tape that tell kind of give the same idea and you have to think about what does it better? Oh, that's what she says is necessary over and over again. Yeah. Now, no, because mm-hmm. that's in between these two Jad things. Um, you don't need that. So here's the thing. You don't need that. And then make sure you don't um, you don't do the granny and the sharp teeth and the, the sound effect stuff, you know, which also feels like an end. Right. Um, mm hmm. Although you, I suppose you could hit Jad and then hit the um, hit the sound effects where it's truly the end of the story. What was the what was the script at the end? At this point, by the way, if if I had printed out at this point, I would look back at the script that the reporter has done so I could look at the exact wording and not just at my notes. But um, but you had two sound elements at the end from the uh, from this fairy tale. from the story, the story, <laughs> Granny yeah. and Sharp Teeth, and then. Um, Next time, I can't read my writing here. Something like next. Like next time I won't go, I won't go off the path. Or, like I don't know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. No, I mean, if that if we can f- have that in, if that works after Jad, I could see using it. But otherwise, you know, we could just change yeah. it for so, uh, different yeah. sound. So like it's like weirdly enough, like this, this edit that we're saying to you, um, this sort of structural edit is almost identical to the kind of things that we do. There's usually a lot of false starts because people start slowly as their writing process. There's oftentimes you're not quite sure where the end is going to land. And then, you know, as you well know, our most common thing is in the middle. Like, just tell me where I am. Tell me what we're doing. Make it clear. Like, this is the problem. Here are some solutions. We would do it super heavy handed because we're dealing with such complicated things. But you can be much more subtle with it. But at each point, I would need to know, oh, I just need to feel like, oh, now I'm going to hear advice from great writers, which I love, you know? And, right, like it's the thing that's mm-hmm. driving me to keep listening and be like, oh, I want to hear what Jad says. I want to hear what Stephanie Fu says. I want to hear what Ira Glass says. Like, this is good, but just make sure each person is saying a different point. Yeah. So it feels like it builds. And because you're right. building to Ira, it does build. Um, but now we got to get to the hard part. So Jess, this is where you tell them that they have to cut cut Robert and Zoe out. <laughs> no. Uh, see, this is what it, it's called: killing puppies, killing babies. We've what am had, I supposed to say? Uh-huh. I thought I thought Zoe and I were charming. Just delightful just, tape. It just was just wonderful. Moment after moment of insight and joy is how I felt. I think I wrote that down here, but. Um, Here's here's what I'd say about myself. That seems so weird to say about myself. Is the the collaboration stuff for the end? I mean, it definitely shouldn't be in that spot where you sort of go to us after mm-hmm. Jad because after that, like, I wouldn't go on stage after Jad saying <laughs> that. So you wouldn't want to put the tape of that. There might be something in the in the postcard, the sending a postcard to yourself tape. But does that just steal what's coming? The first time Zoe and I talk about... Yeah, the, the postcard tape is important for setting up how I was feeling. Yeah, so you know what? I think, I think know, that's fine because what you're going to do is, once again, we're going to start going into the forest. We're going to hear Jad describing it. And you're going to be like, this was such a perfect 
perfect word for me that really resonated because I myself was stuck writing I myself writing you know this book the book on which this podcast is based I was stuck I was stuck for a year and then you tell that as a distinct story with like um, talking to Zoe and I the part where it's like I can't breathe I don't know when you when you recorded that that's yourself about I can't breathe there's no end Last week. Oh, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, but I was reading a thing that I had written at the oh, time. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, well, you did a good job. It sounded like you were doing one of those um, reality show confessional booths. <laughs> no, seriously, I read it and I felt it. Like I, I it like the my throat closed yeah. up. Seriously. So, so that's. I mean, I think that'll solve it because that becomes a little narrative section about how and because you're signposting and I know. Oh, I get it. The forest. Oh, now Jessica is going to tell me her story and it's filled with more first person and more reflection and that sort of thing and then you will say and you will say I um, you know as I talked you know as I talked to all of these you know great radio producers I kept asking them like what do you do about this what how do you get out of the forest and I'm like oh like as a listener I'm like yes that's the most important question you're like that's what I'm here for yes and then you're like, you're like, you know, for for Stephanie Fu, like it gives one of the things she reminds herself of is this happens to everyone. This is um, we're all going through this. Like you're not alone in the forest. You don't want to echo her tape, but you want to, you know. So lesson one is like you're not alone. And um, oh so yeah, yeah. The, so then it could go Ira Glass one foot in front of the other, and then uh, collaboration could be the nice third lesson you could do that you could do that i i didn't necessarily need the collaboration because i felt like um i mean one of the things about it was it's sort of talking about editing which you're doing in the next episode which i guess is this episode it's so meta this is like so (laughs) weird um welcome to my world um so like there is a sense that you could well but i mean you want to tell people i mean she has a clear message yeah, so, but like I think it's a real way people get out of the forest. Yeah, right? that's true. So that's like, true. right? I mean, this kind of collaboration isn't actually the edit. It's actually very previous to that. It's it's brainstorming or like hashing things out. Yeah, and it's actually what the challenge is for the week. So I need to set it up for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think you could set it up as a solution, and then in the coda, like after, yes. yeah, it, it's like the kind of credity section. Do a very short version of of like the challenge is. Do that thing that one of the solutions do the collaboration. Um, yeah, and that would be that's a way to do it so that you don't uh, you don't have to put it all at the end yeah. and you can build it as part of the story as part of the solutions. So basically, like the last thing you would hear is 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 Jad like basically ending it like this is a tool da 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 like music's gonna come up. You would hear the like. Grandma, you're out of the forest kind of thing, like a kind of thing that signals like, oh, it's the end. You'd have like a music. You'd have like just a little bit of music there so I can settle and say this is the end. And then you can say sort of in a coda way, um, you know, remember, remember, you know, remember how we mentioned collaboration? Like that's that is our that is our uh, goal for the week. That was our goal for last week. Maybe the goal for next week, too. <laughs> goal for every week, every moment of your life. <laughs> um, but that way, 
like that's a, that's a trick we often do when there's an ending, but we got more stuff to say. <laughs> but just like let people have their their musical moment, their moment to just like stop and think and and settle with the story, and then you can just start again. You can just right. It's like the emotional end to exactly the, to the episode, and then there's informational stuff. Yeah, that needs the last to thing you want to do is just be like. You know, you're you're hearing Jad and you're like relaxing. So it's like, wait, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. <laughs> and it's one more thing. It's going to last seven minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's okay. really it's fun. It's great, and and I think you're doing a good service. You're doing the Lord's work. Thank you. Um, <laughs> trying to think if there's anything else. That's why I started doing this to do the Lord's work. <laughs> the Lord's work. I think the <laughs> you get, you get to the final episode and it's just praise God <laughs> yeah like, we did it exactly we're in heaven you're like it's a two word episode <laughs> um, I think the one note which I think we talked about a little bit before is um, uh, be careful of back iding which is where you hear tape or you or when you slide into an idea. Both both things are issues because they're just moments where as a listener I'm lost and you 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 just have to be super careful of where where people's minds are and be able to direct them in a subtle and and like artistic way. Yeah, I I agree. Um because you're doing because what you're doing here is essentially an, an informational podcast, right? where there's lots of information, there's lots of sort of bullet points you want to get out of this. Like, you cannot be too clear with this. And I think sometimes we hear uh, some of the stories on This American Life, and they're a little more subtle about these things. But they're usually the story about one person, right? And and you can track a story about one person. Like, oh, this story started when I was in high school. And you're like, yep, got it. And you can track their sort of emotional progression. But you have you have lots of people and topics and advice and so um, the more you can just say, you know, I talked to this person, um, this person had this kind of advice, you know, you can give me directional things, like even more importantly, you know, <laughs> and the most important thing of all, if you can feel like you can do that as someone who's been immersed in this, that's a helpful thing as a listener, even though it's not elegant to say, but the really important thing, can't do that too many times, but the really important thing is this, it helps me. Like, okay, I'm going to go back to listening to you now. My mind was drifting, but um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Got it. I think to give you a, a specific example. Right. I mean, that's why we wanted to talk to you guys. That's why we asked you to do this, Robert, because I feel like what I'm doing is parallel to what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. With fairly difficult ideas and sometimes unintuitive, and I'm consulting experts. Fortunately, the experts I consult are much more emotional than economists, but you know, Still, there's a there's a, an element of that. Yeah. Well, I think like 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 people need this stuff. Like I eat this stuff up because it's like I don't know. No matter how many times I do this, I still feel like someone has it cracked better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> like classic. Like there's got to be like no one can be as unhappy as I am in the middle of the process. Right. There has to be a magical pill to make this all better. There has to be. Um, and so and- what. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you in some ways, Robert, you really were the person, even though I'd, I'd found this Jad stuff, you and Zoe were the ones who kind of tipped me off to this, that tape and that moment would tip me off to this, like, this is a thing. This is a thing I need to 
tease out as an entire kind of stage of the process. I actually had it as a separate chapter for a while, and then I added it to the end of writing because it's like it's part of the writing process. But, um, you know, of course I'd gone through it so many times myself, but um, it's, you know, I really think that that, you know, that feeling of stretching and that feeling of like losing your losing your sense of control of what of your material like that is a universal thing. Yeah. And it was nice. Like, I think I loved about the book was that you'd like put us in the forest because we were literally in the forest while you were talking to where you dragged us out of our writing process. So um, to talk to us, which is. <laughs> yeah, you could hear it in the tape. You can hear it's it in nice. the tape. It's funny. Like us bickering along. <laughs> so I didn't hear bickering as much as, yeah. as just like Oh, I guess I was, filling in, the, I was filling in the bickering. So, um, yeah, well, no, you were teasing each other about it for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, you were in it. You were totally in it. I mean, you were you were over it with like one or two pieces and you were in it with other pieces because you were trying to process a whole bunch of stuff from your European yeah. trip. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, this thing never goes away. And just last night I got a phone call from uh, a friend, a fellow reporter, and she was headed out on this story and was 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 talking about it like in the same way that she was totally lost and didn't know what to do. And. And at that point, like as a friend, like all you can say is like, you can do it. I know you can do it because you have done it before. And that's the that is the proof that you you know how to do this. You just have to trust yourself. And and sometimes it's better to hear someone else saying that to you than being able to say it to yourself. Yeah, I think when you say it to yourself, it doesn't it doesn't ring true in those moments. And that's that's why you're reaching out. Yeah. All right. Well, this was enormously helpful. Thank you, you oh, guys. Really good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And so what we would normally do at this I mean, point, both, by the way, both for... oh, sorry, what we do at this point is that would be sort of the structural edit. The person would go back and restructure. Mm-hmm. And then um, as the sort of lead editor, I would probably go back into the script with the person and and sort of do line by line. Like, oh, OK, like like this can be bigger and, and, and this may be a better way to say it. And, and let's take out some of those things. And which Robert has to go off and do right now. Yeah, this 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 very moment we uh, just yesterday, uh, Stacey Vanek Smith, we um, we went through an edit where we completely restructured her piece, and she just went and did the restructuring. And so now I'm going to sit for the next two hours, starting at the first word and going to the last word, and just figuring out like how how the transitions are working. So. Cool. You're doing the Lord's work. Ah, the Lord's work. (laughs) I don't know where, I don't know why that phrase came to mind. (laughs) Thanks so much, Jessica. This has been fun. That was really fun. Thank you, you guys. Um, And it'll be so useful for the the edit episode, but it's also actually going to make this episode a lot better. So that's going to be fun, too. Yeah, I think so. Wonderful twofer. Excellent. Uh, Thank you so much. And uh, we'll send you this file. Keep your headphones on. I want yeah. to talk to you. Okay. Let me take this one off. Okay. So so how do you feel? I feel good. I feel really good. Uh yeah, I feel good. I think that um I I take edits maybe better than some people do. So he kind of ripped it apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um they both did. And um but I get why they said what they said. 
and all one of the only thing that's distressing me right now is I was sitting there thinking like, oh, God, we should have done this like on all of the episodes. And I'm like <laughs> totally going back in my head thinking through like all the episodes where we have these like really slow starts and we explain too much stuff and we kind of, you know, try to hold listeners hands too much. And, you know, we don't have anybody in our circle who is who has that clean. Outside you know, point of view, really. Right, because Matt's been... Matt's been in the whole book process forever, and he knows all these characters, he knows all this tape, and he could probably be that person to a certain extent, but he also, you know, he doesn't know the pro- this particular process of editing and stuff either. So that's when that was my main thought, is like, oh, geez, should we just, like, go and redo the entire season? <laughs> like, how... <laughs> what do we... What, what now? Oh, God. So, um... In terms of this episode, I thought, oh, well, this is actually like this is a roadmap. I mean, they gave us like very specific things to go and do and they seem doable. Like a lot of it is simply, you know, I'll go into the script and I'll move things around. A lot Mm -hmm. of it will just be you moving things around in the actual tape that Mm -hmm. we already have recorded. And we'll have to do pickups tomorrow and like, you know, rewrite stuff. And you're going to need to help. You know, you've been here. So like I'll need you to look at the script and like actually help me with the line editing and, and whatever. But, you know, they're really good reminders about um, signposting mostly that I like there there are times when I think I've done a good job with signposting ideas. Um, But often I forget, as one does, to signpost things and um, and to signpost people to to make clear who's talking and why are we talking to them. Um, There's a part of me that wants to be really subtle about how we're introducing people and what we're you know let listeners kind of get it first and then talk about why and they're like no no no. you start with like who it is why are we talking to this person what's important about it which i mean i'm going to take that with a grain of salt there's probably times when you can go both ways with it Mm -hmm. but um you know the idea of bookending the episode with jad is a really great idea i think um and and the biggest thing for me is like beefing up this idea of solutions by sort of redefining some of the things that I wasn't thinking of as solutions, but they are, you know, like the thing of um, the Stephanie Fu tape of her talking about how everybody does it, you know, everybody goes through this. I didn't think of that as being a solution. But in some ways it's, you know, what Robert said, he's like, you know, I had to talk to a friend of mine last night about this, you know, and tell her she can, she can do it. And, and he himself is like, I feel like I'm the only one who ever experiences this. Everybody feels that way. And the fact that everybody feels that way already makes one feel more normal. Right. So it is a solution because it helps lower your level of anxiety. Um, But I wasn't thinking of it and I wasn't writing it as if it's a solution. So that is a sort of a change of point of view. So anyway, so now I've got like, whatever, one, two, three, four, solution-oriented pieces. And they're right that that's, of course, what people are looking for. When they hear something about the German forest, they're like, well, okay, now how do I get out of this thing, right? Which I had in my structure initially, but it wasn't emphasized enough, right? Mm -hmm. And then what they've done is they said, okay, we'll take that and then put, you know, the Jad part about, like, what this is about is, you know, becoming a new person, becoming a new artist. Put that at the end because that's the uplifting part. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. You know, I was thinking of it as the thing that leads into solutions. It's like, 
what is it and why, and then solutions. And they're like, no. What is it? Solutions. And then what's it all about? Like, what's the larger meaning? Which makes sense because that's the reflection part. That's the part that's like, here's the big, that's the framing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the, the dark forest? Why the dark forest? This is why. How does it feel? How does it feel like in the moment when they're critiquing you? Uh, I think before they started, I was really nervous. Like my paper is covered with swirls and stuff because and I don't usually doodle that much. But I was like, la, la, la. I'm just going to cover this paper with little tiny marks because like I didn't know what to expect. Right. But as soon as they got into it, um, it was fine. I felt fine about it. I really I like. I mean, it's sort of the ideal critique situation where it's like it's it's really about the work. It's. But it's honest, you know, it's it's frank. Right. They're so experienced. They know so much about this stuff. You know, they, their their first note after going, oh, it's great. I love it. Which they were explaining as they're giving the note is what they always say. And they're like, it's mostly honest. And I'm like, OK, great. OK. <laughs> Bracing myself a little bit. And they're like, all right, well, the whole beginning of it, these arrows, I was like, speed it up, speed it up. And then... um Jess was like, yeah, I was, I thought the beginning came at seven minutes in. I'm like, whoa, seven minutes in. Like, I get the whole, like, intro, hi, I'm Jessica Abel stuff being a little boring, but seven minutes in? Wow. So there was a moment of that, for sure. Um, But again, like, there, you know, I, uh, I've met Jess, I don't know her very well, but, like, I spent some time talking to Robert, and I just really like him. I think he's a really nice guy and he's very, very smart guy who has a lot of really cool stuff to say. So I was really eager to hear what he had to say about this. And as I said, like I'm I feel like I'm somebody who mostly can take edits. I can roll with them, you know, like I take them in the right spirit They're They are telling me their honest reactions in order to help me make a better thing. And it's about the thing. It's not about me. You know, it's not a critique of me. I know already that 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 Robert is a big fan of my book. You know, I know that he's really happy with how that turned out and how he was in it. And, you know, all those things. He told me those things. I, I trust that when he says he really likes the show, when he likes this this piece, um, but there's this episode that he he means it. And then with that under my belt, I can be like, okay, so if this part wasn't working, it's because I need to change this part, not because I suck as a human being. I mean, but there's a part of you, right? That, you know, you feel that. A little bit, but really not very much. Mm -hmm. I know you're you're looking for an emotional moment from me. You're not going to get it because like nervousness, yes. Like tension, yes. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel attacked. I think that that's, I don't know, having the the artistic critique process sort of drills that into you in it, a way it like, does i mean but i think there are i mean i think a lot of people um uh i've seen many many people have a much harder time with it you know we put a lot of work into this thing we did a lot on it you know i did a lot of writing we did a lot of talking about it um and the the version that we've played for them is like a fairly complete version we would put this on the air like we would run this thing as is and so to have to have to like go back into it now and like take it apart and redo it you know that is like a okay all right let's go we knew that was gonna be the case because of the timing and we were prepared for that to a certain extent but that is like 
you know, when somebody looks at my thumbnails or at my scripts and has a bunch of stuff to say about it, it's, you know, it's hard, but it's not super emotionally hard. But like once I've like really put my blood, sweat and tears into something and then I get the feedback that it's not working, that can be really emotionally difficult because then you have the actual critique to deal with, but also the feeling of like, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to like do more of this you know mm-hmm. um like normally this this edit that we did right now would have been done on um a script and tape cuts like we you and i do that like we did that what last friday friday or monday we did monday mm-hmm. and today is thursday so like we did that already and we edited through structurally mm-hmm. but we didn't find these things because we don't have this distance on the material, mm-hmm. you know, and just because we weren't listening in the same kind of way. So, so normally you wouldn't, you wouldn't have soundtracked already. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like we would have had, it wouldn't have been tracked. We wouldn't have, you wouldn't have done a bunch of work on it. And so reworking it would have felt more like a natural part of the process than it does now, mm-hmm. having kind of basically finished the episode and now we're going to unfinish it and refinish it. Do you, do you feel that way? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the scale of stuff that we're that we're going to revamp is probably larger than our what our regular edits. Oh, way in, more entail. Way more. Yeah, our regular edits are like put a beat here. Like we do not generally question once it's been. It's and more, we should we mm-hmm. we should do edits more like this. I'm not sure if we can replicate this, but we should try it mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, usually it's about like I, I'm always just looking for stuff to cut. Is my right, but even that you cut like a half a line, you know, you cut five words out of something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we're not like here, they're like cut out whole tape cuts and whole like chunks of script. This is going to go right now. This is twenty five minutes. I'm betting it's going to be twenty, if not shorter. It's actually thirty minutes. It's but... thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm betting we're going to cut out five to seven minutes out of this thing, mm-hmm. given all this stuff. That sounds about right. And that's a lot. You know, normally we might cut out a minute mm-hmm. just in a little bits of this and that. And mostly when you're cleaning, when you're cutting stuff, you're cleaning things up. You're just kind of like making things more comprehensible within the sentence that's there. And that's the stage, I think, that's part of that is what Robert's talking about doing now. Like the next edit would be that. But even that, I think, is more so, right? Like he's actually going through sentence by sentence and saying, like, is this really getting the idea across? And is it really you know, as powerful as it can be mm-hmm. um, after they've done this whole structural rework. So all of that stuff we don't do. Like we do the structural structural work up front. Don't, don't do much of it when we're actually doing our, you know, we'll do a little bit of it, but not a ton when we're doing our read through. Mm-hmm. Then basically I write it. We go through and we do some, some line by line editing to like clean stuff up. We track. Uh, and then we do a final edit, which basically is like pacing. You know, it's it's more pacing than anything else. Mm-hmm. Our final edit with Matt, pacing and music. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't have anything to do with this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so we're kind of, I feel like in our process, we're missing that that piece. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Uh, I feel pretty good. I mean, I thought that that was a really good edit. Like I thought, it, I thought it was very. Like very good. I, I his system of note taking is really interesting to me. Um, 
yeah, I wanted more details about that, but I guess I guess it's kind of made up. But we have to get the we have to get his notes from him and from Jess. We need to get their notes just so people can like look at it mm-hmm. um, as extras. But I guess he. I art- love that he got up and mm-hmm. like brushed his teeth or something in the middle of the episode because he thought it was over. That mm-hmm. that right there, that is an edit you cannot ignore. Yeah, the um, I guess one of the things that was sort of interesting to me was like. I don't know if you felt this way, but he like sort of articulated stuff that I guess that I had sort of felt, but never really like made super conscious. Like the fact that the episode that they start slow. That I had felt and did not know what to do about it. And I still don't know what to do about it. That Mm -hmm. is an issue that we're going to have to talk about how to deal with that. I had felt most of the stuff I did not, though, as the writer of this episode who understands completely what I'm trying to get across. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the lack of uh signposting for example mm-hmm. um i thought that the sequence was logical i mean it's logical in a sense it's one kind of logic mm-hmm. and the the logic they're suggesting is a better logic but you know it hadn't occurred to me to do it that way mm-hmm. i guess i had felt that the sort of the journey aspect of the episode was maybe slightly unfocused um and, right. Well, you were reaching for that and you're trying to get uh, me to do more of that. And probably when you were soundtracking it, you felt that because you're mm-hmm. trying to put in like literally sound effects that evoke a journey. And if it's not working, you would notice it in that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's a problem of me as the writer, right? Like I'm the writer. And so I know what I'm trying to do. And I'm a, I'm a very good editor. I'm even, I'm even a good editor of myself, but there's a limit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a limit to how much I can know, especially when I'm like writing the thing on, you know, Friday and like discussing it on Monday and, you know, rewriting it on Tuesday and tracking on, you know, Tuesday and listening on Wednesday. You know, it's like there's no time for reflection here. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this episode's called Your Baby's Ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the reason it's called Your Baby's Ugly, quote from the inimitable Glenn Washington is because this is my baby and it is ugly. Mm-hmm. Like I just had this baby just now and I have been told it is ugly. And that's a little bit hard to deal with sometimes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No time to, no time to process, right? It's a pile of shit on a plate and you know, it's a pile of shit on the plate, but you've got to get it out there. 